and moving on now to the Viking collection of the museum. The artefacts in this exhibition date from about 950 AD, over a thousand years ago. Although there was a settlement here already, it's widely accepted that Dublin, as a trading port, was founded by the Vikings. Saoirse, I could murder a cup of tea. How about you? In a minute, Mum. I just want to hear this bit. Okay. One may be a croissant. The, the Vikings uh, came to Ireland from Scandinavia, and they were mainly Norwegian and Danish. Oh, maybe a Danish pastry instead. Yeah, we use the word Vikings when we talk about all the Scandinavian people from this time, but in reality, the word Viking really just means the sea pirates who carried out raids on monasteries and other places. Much of the other Scandinavians who came here were ordinary settlers and traders, but the word Viking is usually used for all of them. Excuse me, what's this long chain for? Well, I'm afraid that's a sad part of the story. The Vikings in Dublin mostly traded in slaves, or what they might have called thralls. And in this cabinet here, we have a chain which would have been around someone's neck. Oh God, that's awful, Saoirse. Are you sure now wouldn't be a good time to go for a copper? Mum, be quiet. So, the Vikings in Dublin had slaves? That's right. Who were the slaves? Where did they come from? Well, the slaves could be men, women or children, and they would have come from all over the place, as the Vikings travelled very widely across Europe, and even further afield. That's terrible. What's this? Ah, yes, this is one of my favourite pieces. Here we have a small wooden boat, which was probably carved for a child. We think it's a toy. It was found near Wood Quay in Dublin during an archaeological dig way underground, next to the River Liffey. It was probably carved by someone who was very familiar with boats, as this is an exact replica of a Viking ship. A thousand years ago, a child probably played with this boat. Sadly, we'll never know who it was or what became of them. Like all our artefacts here in the museum, this wooden boat has a secret story that we can only imagine. You're home. Alava, you're up late. Everyone else is asleep inside. Are you not cold out here? It's not so bad. I have my shawl. I wanted to hear about your trading trip across the sea. Did you bring back anything exciting, like a serpent or a magical amulet? <laughs> you and your imagination, Alva. It never ceases to amaze me. But before I tell you anything, you must promise not to wait for me after dark. You need your rest. And your mother needs you awake in the morning to do your work. I promise I'll be up in time, Father. Now, tell me about the trip. Ah, it was busy. And? And the sea was choppy. And? And Eric the Fat drank too much ale on the boat and he was sick overboard. (laughs) Father, I don't want to hear about Eric being sick. I want to hear about the things you saw on trading day. All right, all right. 
On trading day, I saw a mountain of silver coins, and I touched the softest brown fur that you can imagine, and I heard that it came from a giant bear that would eat you in one bite. I saw the skull of a vicious sea creature from the icy north with huge ivory tusks. I smelled the sweet spices of a faraway land and held in my hand the silks of the east. And I saw beautiful necklaces of shimmering gold. If I were rich, I would bring them all back for your mother. Oh, it sounds amazing. Can I go with you next time? <laughs> you always ask me this, Oliver. And I always tell you the same thing. A trading trip is no place for a girl like you. You think life on a ship is exciting? Well, ask Eric the Fat about that. He gets sick every time. I wouldn't get sick, Father. I know I wouldn't. Maybe next time I could? Oliver, it's a no. You're not coming on a trading trip. It's not fair. Well, perhaps this little gift will help. My friend carved it, and I think it's very good indeed. Oh, a wooden boat. It even has sails like a real boat. Thank you, Father. It's beautiful. You're welcome. Now all you need is a little doll to put in it. Of Eric getting sick overboard. <laughs> Father, enough about Eric. All right, all right. Now I was going to wait until the morning. But as you're up, I'll let you in on a secret. I've brought home another surprise today. What is it? Come and have a look. It's behind the house with the animals. Father, you brought a boy. What for? This is a slave, Oliver. I bought him as a gift for your mother to help with the work. Between your mischievous sisters and her expecting another baby, she needs someone for the lifting and keeping the animals fed. She has her hands full with her weaving, and in time he will be older and stronger, and then he can help me with my work. He looks scared. What's his name? He's a slave, Oliver. He requires no name. You can call him what you like. His eyes are very blue, see? Maybe you can call him something blue. But you mustn't pity him. He's not like you and me. He doesn't feel things in the same way as us. You must make sure he works hard. Your mother's too soft, and she's not keen on having a slave. She'll let him laze about. And it's important that we keep this chain around his neck until he is accustomed to us, or else he might run away, just like the chickens do. <laughs> now, let's get some sleep. Yes, father. night, I found it hard to settle as the thick smell of smoke wafted over me. In our little home, my family all slept around the fire on plank beds. It was small dwelling and a bit stuffy, but always warm. I thought about the cold air outside and what it must be like to sleep with the animals. Although my father said not to pity him, I couldn't help but think that the slave would be shivering. He wasn't wearing much more than rags. I couldn't get it out of my mind, and when I finally fell asleep, the boy's blue eyes haunted my dreams.
Good morning, Oliver. It's strange to see you up so early. Are you well? You look a little pale. Have some porridge. I'm fine, Mother. Just didn't sleep properly. Yes, I noticed you tossing and turning. Tonight, you should sleep further from the fire. The wood has been crackling and spitting. I told your father that those logs are too damp. Just one spark could set everything alight. But does he listen? Of course not. Did father tell you about the boy? Yes, my gift. We're now slave owners, apparently. Turkel knew very well that I never wanted one. And if I had been awake when he brought it home last night, I would have told him to take it away immediately. Get right back on that boat, you silly man, and return it to whatever market you picked it up in. Do I not have enough to manage with the animals, the children, the weaving, handling the business when your father swans off across the sea? Do I seem idle? I must do. What will we do with the slave? Should we feed him? No. Your father said he should work for food, so when you finished eating, you can get it started with tending the chickens. Hopefully it'll learn quickly. Yes, mother. Oh, and don't get too close. Some slaves are troublesome, and they carry lice. I won't. Oh, and mother, can I take some hazelnuts too? Yes, my love. Help yourself. Seeing our slave in the daylight was different, as I could look at him properly. He had pale blue eyes and his head was shaved, like all slaves. But if it weren't for that and his ragged clothes, he wouldn't have looked out of place if he were a neighbour or a visiting relative. The truth was, he looked just like us. Hello. I must show you what to do. You need to feed the chickens. Have you fed chickens before? Yes, I have. Good. Well, first, I... I brought you some hazelnuts. I thought you might be hungry. Oh, thank you. Just don't tell my mother. Now, the chicken feed is kept here, but you mustn't give them too much. And be careful. That chicken over there, the scraggly one, she's a bit nippy. Seems harmless from far away because she's small and she has that sweet little face. But... She's actually evil. An evil chicken? That's strange. Chickens are nice where I come from. Very polite. I've never met a polite chicken. Well, maybe you're just meeting the wrong chickens. Alava, what are you doing? I need you to come and find Liv. She's hiding again. I better go. My sister Liv is four years old and somehow manages to cause a surprising amount of trouble. Um... What's your name? Your father said you could call me whatever you like. Well, I'd like to call you by your name. I'm Gwyn. I'm Alva. And honestly, do be careful of that chicken. She's really, truly... Evil. I know. I can see it in her eyes. (laughs) (laughs) From then on, Gwen and I would feed the chickens together every morning and later he would work in the allotment on the vegetables and carry bundles of kindling and weaving materials for my mother. He was hardworking and gave my father little cause for complaint, although he grumbled about having to share our food with him. Gwen was shy, but in time, 
he told me a bit more about himself. I come from across the sea, not that far really. My home is in a green valley with rivers and woods. It's very pretty. I used to work the land with my family. Your family? My parents and my brothers. We were five boys, although my mother always wished for a girl. My mother always wished for a boy. And sometimes I wish I was a boy because I long to go to sea, but my father says I can't. I had always wanted to go to sea too. But then when it happened, it wasn't in the way that I had hoped. When did the sea pirates take you? It was about a year ago, I think. My parents were away at market, and I was grazing sheep on the hill. I remember the very moment when I saw that ship on the water. It was not at all like the boats I had seen before. This one was beautiful and moving so fast. I would have run away. I should have run away, but I watched for too long and the Vikings caught me. What happened to your brothers? To be honest, I don't know. I haven't seen them since that day. I think they hid in the woods when they saw the ship coming. I'm sure that those Vikings had hoped to pick up a few slaves for their journey, but my brothers were very good at climbing trees. In the end, I was the only one who ended up on the ship. I'm glad. The sea pirates are very cruel. You must miss your family. I do, but I've heard that some slaves can work enough to buy their own freedom, even though it could take many years. I think of my family always, and I dream of another ship that might take me home to them someday. told me all about his people who lived in the valleys and of the songs that they'd sing to one another. His brothers were so mischievous, just like my own little sisters, Liv and Frida. We both agreed that they would cause havoc if they were ever to meet. I told him the stories that my father shared with me of his own brothers who left their homeland on Viking ships to fight and raid other countries and how my father had to stay behind because of his bad leg. When he finally had the opportunity to become a trader, he jumped at the chance. And that's how he ended up in Dublin. He met my mother, who was born here, when she slipped and fell on a wet day in the market, and he helped her up. My father always said that it was destiny that they would marry, and my mother said that it was just a very lucky day for my father. I'll only be gone for a few weeks, Ode. The slave will help with the chores, and you can handle the trading business here. Oh, I can handle the trading business, weave the baskets, feed the children, clean the house. Anything else you'd like done while you're away? I will have little to do, it seems. Now, now, my dear. I wouldn't leave it all to you if I didn't know you could manage. You are no ordinary woman. And I tell all my friends that. Did you know that the wife of Harold the Fat cooked so badly that he is now Harold the Skinny? And Bjorn the Noisy is so afraid of his wife that he is now Bjorn the Silent? They envy me, my kind and supportive wife. Yes, yes. Enough of your blathering. I am the greatest wife of all and so on and so on. You'd better be careful, or your great wife might decide to divorce you. And then where will you be? I would be in the depths of despair, my dear. Indeed you would. Now get out from under my feet while I get on with my work. 
If you're lucky, I'll still be here when you return. As time went on, we all grew used to Gwen. My sisters played around him and my mother spoke to him, occasionally. Once he made her laugh. But she had been careful to keep her distance since then. Even though his dark hair had grown longer and he was free of the iron shackles he had worn for the first few weeks, my father never let us forget that he was not one of us. When he overheard me speaking to Gwyn, he shouted at me and said that the slave was no more part of our family than the chickens were. So, whenever he saw my father coming, Gwyn kept his head down. Even though I loved my father, Life at home was much easier when he went away on his trading trips. When I think back now, I wonder how things might have turned out differently if my father had been at home that night, or if we had not woken. My father always spoke of fate, and maybe that's what it was. Something that was meant to be. It was hot when I awoke, Far too hot, and a horrible smell of burning filled the air. I felt my mother shake me. <coughs> Oliver, quick, get outside. The house is on fire. I stumbled in the dark and made my way outside. In all the chaos, I could barely work out what was happening. Our neighbours had seen the fire, and they came running with buckets of water, hurling them against the flames. But it was little use. I watched as the fire began to spread. Alva, where's your sister? Where's Liv? I pushed her towards the door. Where is she? Is she still inside? That was when I understood. My mother had brought my sister Frida and the baby out. But Liv was still inside the house. Probably hiding, like she always did. But before I could think what to do, someone ran past me. In the chaos, I didn't know who it was at first, but then I realized it was Gwyn. He had pulled a blanket over his head and forced his way back through the flames and into the house. Everything seemed to slow down, like a horrible dream. Suddenly, a terrible creaking noise broke through the commotion and we all looked on in horror as the roof of our house began to collapse. I watched my neighbours hold my mother back from the fire and I stared at the doorway, hoping for a miracle. And in a matter of seconds, it happened. Gwyn staggered out of the house, holding my sister's hand. They sank to the ground and we watched our house be swallowed by the fire. Do you mean it's decided? Am I not the man of the house? Do I not make the decisions? And where was the man of the house when the fire happened? Am I not in charge when you're away? Do I not manage all the affairs while you travel? And didn't I tell you that the wood was spitting and it was dangerous? Ode, you're upset. I understand. But let's not be hasty here. Turgel, tell me, 
Is it not true that a slave may be freed at any time by his owner, for whatever reason they choose? Yes, that's true. And did you or did you not give me the slave? Yes, I did. And that would make me his owner? I mean, technically, yes. Well, then, the slave saved your daughter's life and I, as his owner, am granting his freedom. The blacksmith is looking for an apprentice, and I think Gwyn would do quite well for him. Absolutely not. As you know, Gwyn will still be obliged to our family and must give us a portion of his earnings. But, Ode, if he has children in the future, grandchildren, they will be free. This is outrageous. What will the neighbours say? And what will the neighbours say if I divorce you, Torkel? Remember, that's always an option. My parents argued for some time, but I knew that my father would never win. Gwyn was to be apprenticed to Bjorn, the blacksmith, and he would have the chance to learn a trade. I was happy for him, but on our last morning together, I felt sad. I'll miss you, Gwyn. But Bjorn the blacksmith is nice. Everyone says so. He'll treat you well. I'm grateful. Maybe someday you might find that ship that will bring you home again to the valleys. In the meantime, I want you to have this. Your wooden boat? Are you sure? Yes, it's yours. Remember me by it. I will, Alva. I'll treasure it. But what happened to the Vikings? Like, where did they go? They didn't go anywhere. They stayed here, living and working. The Vikings are a part of us. Many of us have Viking blood running through our veins. So, I'm a Viking? Yeah, you're probably part Viking. Mum, did you hear that? We're part Viking. And I'm part starving. Time for scones. Okay, just let me take a picture of this wooden boat first. I wish I knew the story behind it.
This programme was funded by the Broadcasting Authority of Ireland with the television licence fee.